The Dudecast is brought to you by NHS Employers in partnership with the NHS Leadership Academy. Hello everybody, welcome, welcome to Birmingham, it's so nice to see you all. I think the, that there is a route through complexity, there are methods and, and ways to help us navigate through that as OD practitioners and our role I think is to cut our way through some of that maze of complexity and help others understand how she wants to see their way through that. It's just really interesting to hear about some of the new ways of working. Obviously we're heading into really uncertain times at the moment and there needs to be a certain level of expectation that we're just going to have to kind of move and flex with it. I work a lot within change and organisational design and I feel something like this is really valuable. It gives you that kind of time to think and just pick up some really useful tools and put them back into your toolkit. Hello, I'm Paul Taylor. And I'm Karen Dumain and welcome to our first podcast of 2017. Those were just some of the participants at our Birmingham event exploring the challenges of working in complex contexts. This is one of our key work streams for DoOD this year. To help us understand how to better navigate these complex contexts, we were joined in Birmingham by Griff Griffiths, who led us through three workshops to introduce OD practitioners to the key concepts of human system dynamics. We'll hear from Griff shortly about finite and infinite games, pattern spotting, and how to use these concepts in an iterative process of adaptive action. First, Griff offered us an explanation of human system dynamics and the practical benefits that it could offer to OD. By dynamics, what we mean is the the changing behaviour and structure over time. By human systems, what we mean is any bunch of humans getting together to organise something. It's really practical. One of its great strengths is that the, the, um, the, the whole approach is what we would call scale-free. So that is to say that it will work um, on problems which are really small scale, so let's say between two people or even within one person. It will work at a team level. It will work within a department, a hospital, a region, and it doesn't matter how many of them there are. We apply the same tools at different scales. One theme that emerged during the event was the challenge to us as OD practitioners in helping our organisations address both short-term objectives while keeping in mind long-term goals. Griff began by helping us to see this challenge in the context of finite and infinite games. Now, fixing a broken leg is actually quite complex underneath, but you can see it as a finite game, something where the rules are well known and uh, and the players in the game are well known and the outcomes and scorekeeping is well known. So a game like football or, um, or a card game like bridge is a really trivial example. Short-term performance goals are a finite game, but the organization's long-term fitness for purpose is an infinite one. So some of the characteristics of um, finite and infinite games, uh, finite games define field of play, infinite games, fuzzy boundaries. This one may be somewhat familiar to you. In a finite game, the opponents are known. So typically in organizational landscapes, we often think of the opponents as our competitors. Increasingly, these days, we're being asked to collaborate with our competitors. So in in an infinite game, our competitors might be competitors and partners at the same time. So there's a kind of a sense in which we we never know quite where we are. Rules are constant versus changing rules. Um, I'm sure you're quite familiar with 
um, with rules changing. Um, finite games, clear expertise, infinite games, the you, expertise is never really clear, it's always shifting, and what you're looking for is fit instead of, uh, um, instead of being an expert. Um, being there before versus new territory, finite games, easy to keep score, um, infinite game, well, you don't really know how to, how to keep score, everything may matter. Some of the characteristics that you need um, to operate in these, in these two modes are different. So a finite game, strength, skill, control, the kind of thing that you use when you're um, managing a project. Infinite games, trust, courage, adaptability. Both of these ways of looking at the world are essential. They're really, really useful. Um, but the crit critical thing is don't play in one game and expect the results of the other. Finite and infinite games is really a kind of metaphor. Um, and, but it's a metaphor which I thought people here might grasp simply because of, I'm actually, I think it turned out to be the case, somebody said at the end, you know, we have this tremendous tension between being asked to do things which are finite games, get stuff done, but we're trying to make that work in the context of, of constantly being told to change. I'm Jo Catlin, I'm an organisational uh, development practitioner working at Peterborough and Stamford Hospitals. I quite like the, the, the finite and infinite games, it was the, the skills that you need. Um, and for me, it resonated at the end when he said, don't use skills in one area expecting results in the other, because that's exactly what's trying to happen at the moment. My name is Lisa Hancock, and I work at GCLH, and I'm the OD change lead at GCLH. How do we build the capabilities in our leaders to be able to be comfortable with working in the infinite game, where, because of their upbringing, their professionalism, they're more comfortable in the finite. So clinical backgrounds, expert leadership style, you know, finite is good. You know, infinite is more difficult. So, so how do we support our leaders to develop the capabilities of being more agile, working in infinite gain, with the beast that is the NHS, with the structures that don't help? Playing the infinite game was something that was clearly recognised by OD practitioners at the event. In his second workshop, Griff introduced us to the role and importance of pattern spotting in human system dynamics. From a human system dynamics perspective, we look for patterns in human systems. So that means, for example, in organisations, we would look at patterns of behaviour and thinking and feeling. And we would ask ourselves whether those patterns are fit for purpose. So when we say pattern, we can include a large number of things, not just um, the behavioural patterns of human beings, but we can also uh, include the patterns of structure, the hierarchies we have around us, the patterns of, um, in which we use the materials that we use, say ambulances, hospital beds, whatever, patterns in terms of who lives where in physically in the organisation. We can encompass a lot of the, in fact, all of the variation in the organisation through the lens of pattern and what we seek to do um, from an HSD perspective is to observe pattern, figure out whether it's serving our purposes or not and then seek to influence it towards in a direction which is serving our purposes. So I'm going to suggest one set of questions which are really useful for seeing spotting patterns in multiple contexts. 
the, the questions are really helpful because they, they tease out um, similarities and differences really quickly. So the generalizations, um, in general, I noticed about something. If you ask the question, if you're asking yourself that question, what am I noticing in general? You're looking for similarities between things. We're talking about exceptions. In general, I noticed X, but sometimes I notice Y. What you're doing there is looking for differences, salient differences. So you're beginning to build there a landscape of what's similar and what's different. And these could be questions that you're asking about anything, about your team, about politics. Contradictions. On the one hand, I saw this. On the other hand, I saw that. Well, that's another example of, of difference. Surprises. Surprising surprises might be similarity or difference. You might be seeing being surprised that that things are so similar, or being surprised about something where there's a lot of difference. So those four questions are all about kind of surfacing the texture of the thing we're looking at. It's a lens that you can point at, at it in any direct from any direction. So if you're interested in behavioural. Um, aspects. You can think about those questions from a behavioural point of view. If you're interested in the geographic distribution of things, you could ask the questions from that perspective, or all of those perspectives mixed. So it allows you to think about um, pattern in a very general purpose, multi-purpose way. And the fifth question is about curiosity. So uh, what is it that, having looked at that, what is it that you're wondering? What does it make you wonder? I mean, I've just reflected back over that. And I'm Bethan Norfolk, and um, I'm working at Milton Keynes University Foundation Trust. I thought the questions were very useful. Uh, I think sometimes you tend to do that naturally anyway, pattern spotting. Um, but the questions help to sort of consolidate a little bit more of your thinking. It didn't surprise me to hear about So, my name's Claire Scrimshire. I work as um, a workforce project manager for Peter and Stanford Foundation Trust. Obviously, doing some of the work that we do within HR and OD, there is a lot of patterns, you know. We constantly talk about patterns of behaviour and things like that. And I've just made the link, so it's quite a euphoric moment. My name is Lisa Hancock and I work at UCLH and I'm the OD change lead at UCLH. I'm, I'm a real dialogic ODA um, and it is about well, what, you know, what are the patterns that we develop for ourselves and how do we develop those patterns and how do we see patterns? You know, there's, there's no one finite reality. As we surface all this data, what can we do with it? And how can we use it to bring about change in our organisations? The what, so what, and now what? Griff's third and final session brought the day's thinking together in a practical introduction to adaptive action. I want to start with, um, so, so picking up really from what we've done this morning. So we, thought, we talked about two things. Uh, one was finite infinite games, and the other was pattern. Adaptive action is a way of working with what's emerging. So it's about um, seeing pattern, understanding what it means, and influencing it, influencing it in the direction that we'd like it to go. And then, crucially, going back to the start and saying, what patterns can we see now? The idea of working iteratively, so working eternally in a cycle of seeing where we are, seeing what that means, seeing what we can do to move that forwards in a better direction, that's something which we 
we really don't get at work, I think. We don't do it very well at all. And yet, actually, if you think about our private lives, our personal lives, how we manage ourselves over our lives, we are much more adaptive. We seem to sort of forget a lot of the stuff that we... I don't know, we kind of manage through our lives. Stuff happens, and stuff that we don't like happens. And we manage that, and we, we move through our lives, and, and we somehow get to the end of them. Um, and when we go to work, we kind of forget all this and think that we should be able to draw a Gantt chart and that, that our predictions on the Gantt chart should come true. Adaptive action is a, is a simple three-stage cycle for working in the infinite game. And the three stages are what, so what, and now what. So what is about seeing what's around us. And from an HSD perspective, it's about seeing what's around us in terms of pattern. So what patterns can we see in the organisation? Um, so what is about understanding what those patterns mean to us in terms of what, where we want to go, how we want to be. So how well do those patterns serve us? How are those patterns fit for purpose in terms of our organisational objectives? And the now what stage is the stage of actually doing something to influence those patterns. So after we've done, some, done a now what and done some, poked at the system in some way, intervened in some way, we then need to, to wait and see what patterns shift, if any, and then do something the same or different the next time around. It's not doing the same thing over and over and over again. It's not repetition, but it's um, repeating the same cycle with different, with different things each time, looking at the effect of our influence and how that's influenced at the beginning of the next cycle. As we go through this, I think there will be a sense of um, this is not going to play well with some of my managers because people like to see predictions. They like to see what the plan is and where it's going to go and what the outcomes are going to be. And they like to see you to, to meet those outcomes. And my contention is that in a complex world, that's just not on. It's just not going to be like that. If I draw a plan and say, what we're going to do is X and what's going to happen is Y. If I say that with enough confidence, um, then my managers may be quite happy with that and can go, and go home and sleep at night, but know that if it fails, it's all my fault because I said it would work. If I stand there and I say, I don't know what's going to happen, what I'm going to do is... Based on my observations, I'm going to poke here and here in the system because I think that it will shift this, and if it doesn't, I'll do something different. I think people don't like the sound of that. Um, they think it smacks too much of a lack of expertise. But I think the expertise that we should be developing, um, particularly as OD professionals, but also as project managers, is the expertise um, of, of knowing how to see patterns and how to influence stuff and how to react and adapt quickly when the need arises. I'm Matthew France and I'm the Associate Director of Learning and Improvement in the Morecambe Bay Health Area. I think the key learning for me really is that we're all on an adaptive action journey. However much we like to think that we're planning things and that we can control the future, actually in an uncertain and chaotic environment we all need to take massive adaptive action and I think we'd probably all agree on that whether we're a manager a clinician or a, an OD practitioner.
I'm, uh, I'm Neville Bonner, I'm the Organisational Development Manager for Wye Valley Trust. I think the adaptive action, um, that struck a chord for me because it, I think it shows where we, where we need to be taking things as opposed to you know, that, that very process orientated progress that we're going for at the moment. So I think by that, by utilising that and having the courage to bring that into place and uh, helping managers to understand and see the, the benefits of such a system might allow them to build in that flex within their teams. I'm Catherine Thomas and I work for NHS South Central and West CSU. So the particular things for me I think are doing some of that reflection work about, from this afternoon in particular, um, around that adaptive action. Um, and I really like that and I want to try to put that particular process, that approach into action as soon as we can and I'm trying to sort of reflect and recognise where I, you know, where my gaps might be in that approach. Hi, I'm Petra Bryan, I work at Greater Manchester Partnership. I think it's really great to have a combination of some theory, a um, bit of real uh, opportunity to connect with other practitioners and think about what's working and to share practice because maybe there's something about how do we go back and either think about things differently or do things differently when we get back to work. So today allows us to do that by having conversations that help us um, think about application. This was a fantastic event. People seem to really enjoy the theory and practice, giving them a lens to look through so that they could start thinking about their systems in different ways. I think the day worked really well and then it allowed us all to work at really different levels of the system. So at our individual level, within our organisations and outside, across our system, as well as working collectively as a community. If you couldn't make it and you'd like to find out more about the day, please visit our website www.nhsemployers.org od and go to the events section where you can download all of the materials from the day. You can stay in touch with us on Twitter at nhse underscore duod and you can email us anytime at do.od at nhsemployers.org. See you next time.